You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast for and by Rockies fans on Rocky Mountain Rooftop. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Affected by Altitude, the Colorado Rockies podcast from Rocky Mountain Rooftop, an affiliate of the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Skylar Timmons, and once again, calling in a pinch hitter as Evan was unavailable. Bringing back our good friend of the show, Paul Holden of the Locked on Rockies podcast. Paul, thanks for joining us from the Pacific Northwest. Happy to be here. It's rainy. It's cold. It's a perfect time to talk about this really exciting part of the baseball season. Yes. Uh, Paul, I don't know if you knew, but I spent two years in Oregon uh, serving a mission, a church mission. And so I do not miss that rain one bit. You know. It's not the rain that gets me down. It's the fact that the sun goes down at like yeah. three. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you get spoiled because in the summer, the sun stays up to like nine and yeah. it's prime temperature more often than not. And it's great. But yeah, it's like especially like right now in the early winter stages like this is where it's like, hey, if you don't go outside like between, you know, so many people and so many of my, my coworkers go to work at the dark and leave in the dark. And it's just like, mm-hmm. uh, not a good time. <laughs> Yeah, and then trudging around in the rain nonstop, uh, it's, trying to talk to people, not fun. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just trying to get to a dry a, spot. Yeah, but beautiful place, Pacific Northwest. I was in Oregon, nice and green up there. Oh, yeah, that's like the one the, thing. It, it, you know, Colorado's got the beauty, too, but uh, not as much green as uh, as out here. But it was, especially this year, a lot more green. I mean, there were points where Colorado was getting hammered with more rain than than we were this year mm-hmm. with all that craziness. I mean, I was hearing about all the rain that people were dealing with. I like, never heard about that in my entire <laughs> life. And, I mean, I've been gone for a bit, though, so I haven't seen I haven't I haven't dealt with the good, crazy, fun Colorado summer in a bit. I miss Knowing when you're like, oh, look at that thunderstorm in about an hour and a half. That's going to roll over and just dump rain for about 10 minutes and then mm-hmm. it'll be gone and then we'll be good. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a stark contrast when I came home and no, oh, I live in high desert valley here in southern Colorado. Brown as can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Dece- got home in- around December. I was like, why is it so brown? <laughs> it's the desert. Yeah, you forgot that it, the Colorado still has got that 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 desert uh, vibe going on there too. <laughs> oh yeah, I live in the highest valley desert in the world. Oh, <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> but yeah, beautiful place. One day I hope to get back up there. Plus, I like the Mariners, so that works. And Portland pickles aren't too bad when they're not posting weird things on twitter with their mascot <laughs> they do like to post weird things though that's for sure you always you always see them popping up out of nowhere mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about oregon though and the pacific northwest and washington all that good stuff uh we're here to talk about the rockies whether we want to or not uh we try to kill as much time as we can sometimes but winter meetings that's kind of the big thing now around the clock it's pretty slow news drip coming from the Rockies. There's like little minor league signings here and there, but nothing really significant that inches the needle towards contention. But the winter meetings are probably the biggest, I guess, event of this off season, aside from where Shohei signs. But for the Rockies specifically, winter meetings are probably going to be where it's at, where we may get some news nuggets and maybe some rumors of 
maybe an actual move or something. But specifically, not typically a whole lot happening at the winter meetings for the Rockies. It's at least a moment where the Rockies have to talk to us. Like, mm-hmm. I, and we talked about this, I think, the last time I was on the show, <clears throat> that it's one of the most frustrating things about this offseason is the lack of communication from the people running the Rockies. Because, listen, mm-hmm. like, just tell us you're doing the rebuild, like, because we just had the worst season in franchise history. There are questions that we need answers to. Mm-hmm. And they are the ones that need to give it to us. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not expecting the Rockies to do much. I'm expecting us to the, mostly the winter meetings to to be about Shohei. Um, I, I, I bet you that White Sox pitcher. I bet you he gets traded at yeah, uh, during the during the meetings there. It sounds like Bieber and um, who's that from? Had someone from? Wasn't Tampa shopping a pitcher too? I, I'm surprised. Alec Glass now is on the block. Emmanuel Classe might be on the block. I can't so believe they're shopping uh, Rosarena too. I mean, that's yeah. a sign that they're blown. I mean, if they actually are trading all those pieces, the Rays are doing one of their things where they're just doing. Okay, thanks. We 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 gave it a shot. We're gonna retool it and re 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 go with with the next crop of people. Which the next cheap product. I, I I personally think that they're getting in their own way yeah. by by doing that. Granted, they're dealing with the fact that they lost one of their best players in you know one of the craziest and worst storylines of 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 the season last year but even with those names it's just unfortunate to say it's like the rockies can't get any of these guys i mean there's just unless they are already ready to if the rockies make a a big move i think i know what it it would be brendan rogers would get traded because like thomas harding keeps bringing it up and it just it just seems like there's more smoke to it there that maybe I'm just looking more into it, but I man, I mean, because when you look at the at the prospects and everything right behind, it's just kind of like last year was was way more important for Brendan Rodgers than than we thought. I think I, I mean I think I completely I, I don't know I I wasn't prepared for the Rockies to to have the next second baseman ready to go. I, you know, I mean, let's, let's face it. They they could probably go, they could go on the door. What June, you know, yeah. something like that. So, but I talked about this yesterday and, and I think you pointed out, I think it was, I can't remember who wrote about it on, on purple row, where it was talking about the money, the Rockies owe to Chris Bryant and everything. Yeah, the Rockies have these weird issues. They have of what the heck to do with Chris Bryant. And can you really trade from your Brendan Rodgers and your depth pieces, the ones that are going to be impacted by playing time? Uh, you know, your Tolia's Goodman, uh, Bouchard, and Montero. Like, can you really trade those guys yet before getting into the season with question marks with Brendan Rodgers' health, question marks with Chris Bryant's health? And I'm not as worried about him, about him as the other two, but. You know, Charlie Blackman did miss considerable time last year. So can you make an aggressive move or can you move right now? And and I just don't think the Rockies can. I just I think the Rockies are pretty hamstring by their top prospects need a little bit more time to just get through this. And they need to to, to start the season healthy to really see what they have. Because I think you only the Brendan Rodgers trade value can only go up if he has a strong first half of the season. 
Yeah, most definitely. And I think that's probably where we'll see Rocky's movement oh, in the winter meetings is maybe putting out feelers. No, I'm sure Bill Schmidt will have some discussions and you know, talking to guys like, hey, no, we're thinking, what, what are you looking at? What do we have that maybe you're interested in? Because we need pitching. And because it, it's easy to replace position players, honestly, because they're dime a dozen as well. But good pitching, good solid starting pitching, you have to do a little bit more to bring him in. And are, are they going to be willing to do that? And I think that's what we'll see in the, the winter meetings is maybe we'll hear some some interest. There'll maybe be a little minor signing. But it's one of the things. Will we have discussions with guys about you know, Brendan Rodgers, Ryan McMahon, Elias Diaz, you know, these guys that have value right now that could bring in some pitching, maybe some pitching with some controllable years. Or maybe we'll see another like Cal Quantrill trade where they didn't give up much, but he was also coming off a pretty down year. So they're probably going to be well, probably if we see any moves, they're going to be bargain hunting, <laughs> so to speak, scraping that bargain barrel. And I don't hate that Cal move, though. You yeah. know, catching prospect, you're not really, I mean, you, you, you're you a catching prospect that you don't even talk about because there's already two that are, you know, really on the, on the, the, the up and up. And Drew Romo is supposed to be like one of the, one of the big contributors of the Rockies of the future. So I, I and I, and I like that a guy that you look at some of the numbers and some of the stuff. And, and again, he's not going to blow you away. But it, it's consistency, and it, it's what I talked about in my episode about Brent Suter this week. I know starter and relief pitch are different, but give me a guy with a three ERA that can strike people out, that you know doesn't give up a lot of home runs. Like the Rockies need some more of those guys, and you know it, it seems like Cal can get weak contact. But I'm just worried again, where it's just gonna be another year of Rockies pitchers missing over the middle of the plate and yeah. being punished for it. And you know that's. If if 2025 really is the is the goal, which we've talked about, I'd say most people in Rockies media have said if things go well for the Rockies, 2025 creaks open the window. I, I'm not saying anybody's uh -huh. thinking the Rockies are a slam dunk in 2025 by by any means of the imagination. But if this team sees progression from Jones, Tovar, Bouchard, Doyle. And 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 good play from some of their veterans and good pitching from Kyle Freeland and Austin Gomber. You have to go into and make moves to make your team better for 2025. And it's gonna come at the expense of somebody. The Rockies can't get starting pitching without losing Diaz, McMahon, or Rogers. It's it, or a package of Tolia Bouchard. You're you're losing top prospect or you're losing veteran players. And and then I'm just curious, it's like. Part of me wants to see Brendan Rodgers see if he can learn how to play third base and uh -huh. see if Ryan McMahon is the one that can get shopped and find a someone that can unlock his swing. I mean, I love Ryan McMahon's defense. I really do. But he is, I think, my most frustrating veteran Rockies player to watch outside of Chris Bryant. I mean, Chris uh -huh. Bryant is above and beyond. I mean, he's got a long way to go. And it's not that I don't. I love Ryan McMahon's entire style. He plays beautiful defense with style. I love his, I love the explosive nature of his swing, but there's just, we have seen too many times from Ryan McMahon with runners in scoring position runners on, and it's a three pitch strikeout, a four pitch strikeout. It's mm -hmm. really bad swing and misses where it looks like he's not seeing the ball. And this is me 
armchair quarterbacking, I understand how hard it is to hit in the major leagues, but but this is what we've been talking about for with Ryan McMahon for years at this mm-hmm. point. So for me, when I when I when I get tangled up in my in my fan feels about a Brendan Rodgers trade and him being the one that's always talked about, it's like Brendan Rodgers went from an a, a batting under a hundred to being one of the Rockies' best batters in a season while playing gold glove caliber defense like that's the type of guy that gets me really excited but mm-hmm. on the on the opposite side of the coin ryan mcmahon he's gonna give you 160 ryan mcmahon can play 162 if like he really if he really needed to he seems to, to to stay healthy more often than not and when he's banged up it's a slight tweak or something small that doesn't require a a long time out of the game so i i think the rockies are facing a really really interesting situation here but there are teams that just are perfect matches mm-hmm. for the Rockies for yeah. trading. And it just, it's, it's going to come down to how much are, do you, are, do you want to believe in the veterans that you show your loyalty to, or are you going to turn it over fully to the young guys? And in 2024, we see an infield that is Tovar, Amador, Montero, and and maybe McMahon, you know, because you're ready to make that move. I, I just, mm-hmm. There's a lot of tough spots here for the Rockies when it comes to making a trade. Because, the, the, I mean, this is, while the Rockies don't deal with attendance issues or other, you know, weird issues that other teams have to deal with, they have to deal with no pitcher ever wanting to come here. And that's a hurdle that they have to start overcoming, especially yeah. if they want to get back to contention. And to set that up, you're going to have to make a tough call here this year. Yeah. And, and instead of, now there's a weird way to put it, but basically kidnapping players to come in and play <laughs> in your state. Right. Like, and I like count control, like not worried about it. And I think more, I think more media people make bigger deals that no pitcher wants to come to Colorado. They don't want to go there. Why not? Yeah. Like it's, they have, they'd have to come pitch there anyway, eventually, but no oh, and guys like a challenge, but it's exactly, that's something I think, probably Bill Schmidt going into winter meetings and that's something that they need to do is just change their, do more relationship building, changing the persona and perception of the team with the other clubs, with other players. Like I don't think they changed anybody's perception when they signed Chris Bryant, but can they change perception with other moves? They're like, Hey, we're serious. We're wanting to do this because yeah, maybe, Putting out the feelers, who can you you find to try and contend better? You look at the Seattle Mariners trading Eugenio Suarez out of nowhere. You're like, what the heck? Why are they trading him? Their window of contention's open, and there's some frustration there because they're almost kind of going in the opposite direction that right. the Mariners should be going. Of no, you should be adding to your team, but if it's part of a bigger plan of yeah, we just don't want Suarez striking out so much. It's just not working for us. We want to change approach, which is good. And Ryan McMahon's basically our version of Eugenio Suarez, just with much better defense. Mm-hmm. So it's what can they do putting around the feelers of, hey, that, make a bold move. Like do something bold that makes sense. Not some, we're signing Chris Bryant at our left fielder. Like, what the heck? Like, why? Yeah. And, and, and you can also make a bold move, but make it a moderate one as well. Yeah. Hey, sign Chris Bryant, but to a five-year deal for, you know, and 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 not this is the Rockies just love it. Oh, you know what? 
Ian Desmond, four years, baby. Or like all these people, it's like, no, like do what you're doing so far to fix your bullpen. Smart and now getting Brent Suter and bringing him in on a good, smart, quick deal. That's who you should be talking to. You know, convince him to come back because that's a guy that you can point at and say, that guy pitched in Milwaukee his whole life, uh, his whole career. Comes to Colorado and handles it incredibly well. You see, yeah. the only thing that 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 uh, that he missed or that was uh, uh, up for him was walks. He was, in fact, he allowed six less home runs this year than he did in his past two seasons in Milwaukee. Like there are plenty of storylines and people that you can say, like, look at that stuff's working. That stuff's that that's how you do it. But you you, you hit the nail on the head. The Rockies, the perception about the Rockies, especially within the organization, can't continue to be what are they doing? What are they mm -hmm. doing? Who are they? What is their plan? What are they thinking? Blah, blah, blah. You have to start building it up from there. And if you got to trade away those these some of these last veteran players, you know, if if they trade McMahon, Diaz, and Rogers, say they trade all of them for you know and, and they go completely completely youth movement and and see what they can get back that will be the biggest tonal shift the rockies have ever had and maybe outside of the nolan arenado trade i would say that that would be a moment where the rockies organization is completely changing as a group and they are are they are seeing something differently and they are moving on to a completely new era of Mar of I say Mario baseball <laughs> of Rockies <laughs> baseball. Um, but because like the, the name we haven't brought up in trades, because I, I don't think they'll ever I don't think they'll be able to get one done. The, the Rockies can't trade Chris Bryant. I don't think anyone takes on that mm -hmm. unless they're unless the Yankees really like what they see, you know, yeah. <laughs> unless unless the hey. You know what? Send him to the Dodgers. I don't care. Like you know, he can go play. You know, if say Freddie Freeman gets hurt or something like that. You know, or or Freddie Freeman signed a massive deal with them, didn't he? Yeah, more or less. Like yeah. it was like six years. Yeah. So it, I was like, well, you know, maybe you know they might lose Freddie in free agency or whatever. But like, I I don't know. It's like that one's tough, man. That one's a that one will the Chris Bryant deal. And and again, he's got more than half his contract to 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 turn it around, sure. But that's going to be the long-standing looming cloud of mm -hmm. classic Rockies over whatever over this era of Mar the Chris Bryant era of Mario ba <laughs> Rockies baseball. I was doing <laughs> Mario baseball stuff before we were recording, so I got it on the brain. Um, but it will always be like the talking point. Yeah. Do you think by when all is said and done, the Chris Bryant deal will be viewed in this? It, basically, this is the position player version of the Mike Hampton deal. I, I think the Chris Bryant deal and the player himself has potential for this not to be the worst contract in in Rockies history. I mm -hmm. I firmly believe, and and this is no no slight to the person because he was a very good person. The Ian Desmond deal. And the Daniel Murphy deals, and that's how the Rockies handling first base when they literally could have been had so many better options. And same with catcher, like I, I think that's a bigger deal than the Chris Bryant deal. Because to be to be totally honest, if if we had healthy Chris Bryant, the Rockies don't lose a hundred games last year. If the Rockies actually got Chris Bryant for both of these seasons, 
They don't make the playoffs, but they're they're better and they're a deeper team in the lineup. I don't think Daniel Murphy or Ian Desmond did very much contributing to the Rockies at all in a crucial and critical situation. Yeah, and I think the Chris Bryant namesake adds can, does have value. And I and while I'm down on Chris Bryant, even with the power, if he can if he can hit things in the gap in Coors Field for the rest of his time, and he can and he can slap effective singles and such on the road and and if he can if he can be this year's version of russell wilson you know what i'm saying it's yeah. not the player you know it's not flashy but he's contributing he's yeah. he's helping the lineup he's helping the rockies and he's playing a different role i think that's going to be a better value I, I i think that i think chris bryant's contract still has the potential to provide value because like I, I am not going to give up on the fact that the guy is a, is a world series champion and an MVP like that, that mm -hmm. stuff. I, I, I do get in the Homer stuff of that stuff matters. And like, while it's a bummer last year, I think having Charlie Blackman and Chris Bryant as your veteran leaders in that clubhouse for those guys last year was a reason why we saw Nolan Jones succeed. Yeah. Uh, Brenton Doyle succeed. And why I really hope that we'll see, Montero succeed as someone who's going to get a lot of time working with Chris Bryant because again the guy's a champion and he's and he's an MVP I mean those are those are the two mountaintops of mountaintops in baseball are they not mm -hmm. then add in his rookie of the year all that stuff and I think that will be the big thing is a stop treating him like he's the savior of our team same with Russell Wilson I love that comparison yeah you're paying him a Ton of yeah, money. But, I'm not going to sit here and deny the fact that Chris Bryant, the, the contract and the money owed to Chris Bryant's a problem. But again, the Rockies are not a team that can sit here and cry poor to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, that's just, I, I do not accept that anymore. I, I like Dick Momfort and his family are buying real estate in the area. They have a full stadium. They're going to get a TV deal either from, you know, they, they, they got, they got either one of the biggest names in sports media sitting there looming, waiting to buy their media rights, or baseball will pick them up, and it'll be super easy to watch them, and, and people can watch a fun Rockies team. They don't have to deal with the same thing. So I think they can navigate this Chris Bryant deal. And potentially, I mean, hey, maybe the Rockies do start getting into contention. What about restructuring? What about, you know, like if, hey, we, we showed you the commitment. We rode with, you know, we... We chose you. We've we've been paying. We've gotten you in the lineup. But say it's the last two years of his deal. The young guys for the Rockies have, have panned out. They've made a couple deals for some arms that are working. Some of these, you know, pretty in, you know eyebrow raising arms we have in the system have, have have come to fruition. And the Rockies are looking at like they had a, you know another small two year window where the Rockies are looking really good. Maybe they can restructure and that helps them do something differently at the trade deadline. But. Mm -hmm. This is all what ifs, but but <laughs> I, I I just think looking at where the team is at, the moves they made leading up to the Bryant deal, I, I I just don't sit there and and have as much ire as I do as I as the how the Rockies handled first base and catcher during the uh, the contention window. Mm -hmm. I, I think the Rockies could have. They could have easily kept Jonathan Lucroy. They could have easily gotten many better first base options. And instead, Ian Desmond was, I'm pretty sure, statistically the worst player in baseball over those four years. Mm -hmm. So I it's so 
it's tough though. You know, it, it, it really is because it's just so frustrating because it's like when Chris Bryant plays, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, he's not it, shabby. It, it's it's not it's not what we wanted, but it's like, hey, the guy goes, you know, two for three with a couple of singles and an RBI. Like, I'm not gonna be mad at that. What did the Rockies need the most last year? They needed somebody to just hit the ball when runners were in scoring position. They needed to just hit a base knock with a runner on third. And like, it's not going to be the flashy Chris Bryant ball that, that we thought, but if he contributes like, and contributes the way that, that he, that he can and has in the past, like it'll, it'll, it'll be all right, but it's going to, I mean, at the end of the day, Ain't my money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here for our first segment. Here's the fun thing with Paul is you get a plan and then we just go off someplace else on that journey. <laughs> it's all good. So when we come back, we'll continue on some conversation, maybe touch on one thing from the winter meetings and then uh, it's hall of fame time, baby. <laughs> so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back here to Affected by Altitude. Skyler Timmons here, joined by Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies. And spent a lot of time just talking about the, the roster construction and everything there in that first part. And uh, one thing I did want to touch on with the winter meetings, they're uh, probably the big thing for the Rockies. Rule 5 draft, we'll see what they do if they bring in anybody. Now, maybe there's a pitcher they can pick up that could be big league ready, or they pull what they've done in the past, immediately select a guy, and then immediately trade him away for cash happened last year <laughs> notably it happened with mark canna uh mm-hmm. people forget that he was a rocky for like two seconds <laughs> like two seconds then traded away and became an oakland athletic uh before they tanked everything into the ground uh <laughs> but the draft lottery i think is the big one a lot of rockies fans will keep an eye on this year because you know, unfortunately with 103 losses Rockies had one of the worst records in baseball and they have, they're in the top three of top odds to earn that number one pick. I think it's like an 18.6% odds or whatever to, to win that number one pick, but at least a little bit exciting, at least a silver lining to all those losses. Like it could be worthwhile to get a number one pick, which then hopefully the Rockies can, utilize effectively to bring in a franchise changing type of player but are you excited about the draft lottery do you like the prospects of getting that number one pick uh rocky's curse says no if, if i recall correctly they've never had a o- number one overall pick right no, i think they've had two and they've had a three somewhere around there yeah they've had top three no, and and uh, I I don't know. I just why why would good things happen to the Rockies? That's not that's not how it works. <laughs> I you know I, I as I was sitting there and thinking about, and I haven't put too much too much thought in this, but I just don't know how I feel about draft lotteries. I, I just don't necessarily know if I find that to be the best way to do it. I mean, you know, it, it gives teams all, all sorts of teams chances, but like the Rockies should have a top three pick, like in and and uh, you know. A, what they would be? Would they have the number two overall pick behind Oakland, record-wise? I believe. Uh, I were the I, were, were the, the White Royals Sox worst or White Sox? Uh, might have been the Royals too. Yeah, so, I think I mean, it might have been the Royals. Be a thing that, that helps the Rockies, I guess, in the long run. But I don't know. I, I, they, um, 
I, I, I just think, I think if the Rockies have the number one overall pick, they have to just really take their time. And, yeah. and, and I think they also have to sit there and say, if there is a, if there is a guy that they believe can be a game changing position player, I don't think you can ignore that. I, I really don't. I mean, if there is a, and, and I'm not, I don't follow, you know, I, that this is one of my biggest flaws is the lower levels of the game, especially college baseball. My, my knowledge is very, very limited, but if there is a guy that is Larry Walker again, you know, if there's a guy like, because as much as we focus on pitching, man, this offense has been abysmal for a while. I mean, since the playoffs, this offense has just continued to trend downwards and lose quality hitters. And I'm, I, I think the Rockies got some. We'll, we'll, we'll improve in some areas in offense next year. But there's a lot of sophomore slump worries from from guys yeah. as they're going through. You know, it's gonna the second year in the bigs is always really difficult. Just in my in in my eyes. So if you're the Rockies, yes, pitching, 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 but. If there's someone that can that that is you know brings a really thunderous bat that's close to major league ready, yeah, I I don't necessarily again at third. What about third base again? What if there is a dominant third baseman out there? Now's the time to get someone in the minors ready to go because McMahon's extension lasts three, four more years, something like that. I think you know if. Mm-hmm. The next third baseman can't be something the Rockies are are ignoring, uh, because I would say that's the position that's got that has the biggest question mark, at least going forward when you're looking at a draft. So, uh, but you know, at the same time, if it's a if it's a pitching heavy draft, if there's a guy you love, you go get that arm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna complain if you draft a, a pitcher number one overall and he's the number one pitching prospect in the draft. Ain't gonna complain about that. Absolutely not. I just. Yeah. At the same time, I just, I, I just I think that's a narrative that people don't always talk about with the Rockies is the fact that it's always oh course field this team's always going to hit and it's like ah you, mm-hmm. you have not watched this team it <laughs> so depends on quality of coaching and player and use of analysis and metrics to help them improve. Yep, exactly. Uh, so, all of which have been lacking. Yeah, and so I mean it, it's. I don't know. I, I I I can't sit here and say that I distrust Bill Schmidt as much as I distrust other GMs for the Rockies in this situation. I, I think the smaller, lower level moves that Schmidt has has made have been smart. I mean, again, the Rockies made one of the best trades in all of baseball last year. No one wants to talk about that, but again, I I, I can't remember who it was. Uh, um, I think it was Blake Street Banter posted a player A, player B comparison mm-hmm. of Nolan Jones through 152 games in his rookie season and Todd Helton 152 games through his rookie season. And Nolan Jones was better than Todd Helton through uh, through 152 games. And Todd Helton was second in the rookie of the year voting that year. So uh, there, there's some really I, I, I think that I am slowly building my trust in Bill Schmidt, the GM, because of how the last yeah. uh, since since the since the story debacle of the of the trade dead a trade deadline by committee. I'm mm-hmm. I'm building, I, but I, I ain't getting ahead of myself here <laughs> either. He still answers to somebody at the top who makes all the decisions. 
Because, because, like, because you know, I guess in that vein, like, thinking now that you've had time to think about it, do you like the Herman move? Uh, extending him. Yeah. Eh. See that? I think that's that's. I love Herman. We all love Herman Marquez. And reality, I need Herman Marquez to pitch six more months for the Rockies to cement his Rockies legacy, and then the Rockies should see what they can get. Yeah, but I mean, but see, that's like that's the thing where it's just like there's that Rockies loyalty, you know, like there it is. Mm-hmm. Like Herman could have been a really interesting, you know, it, and 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 the Rockies, I think, did him a favor, you know, giving him a chance to come back and pitch and heal, and then you know, going from there, the Rockies might be able to benefit from a, a good Herman bounce back, just like he's benefiting it for his career. So, but it's that that's what I mean. It's like one of those moves still comes up, and you're just like. I yeah. like it, but at the same time, it's, it's the Sensatella move right now is still. Was that a Schmidt move? Good. Yeah, those. Yeah, like, see that. See right after that interim season, they all right. You're the GM. He immediately went out. Okay, I'm going to extend CJ Crone and Elias Diaz and Antonio Sensatella, Kyle Freeland, not Kyle Freeland, ex- quite yet, but all in I that. Freeland was kinda. before. Freeland yeah. might have been. Oh, that was right. Schmidt coming was out the, the one that resigned all of the. Yeah, did the, did all the, these extensions, he did them. Gotcha. So I I, I I have that mixed up a little bit, but, you know, I don't really, those moves at the time, I don't hate, but the Senza move, I am going to, I just don't, I think we should have saw the, again, a guy seems very nice and a really bad stretch of luck for him in his last, uh, his last bit. And, and but yeah. I, I think Senza should have been the picture you're looking at and saying, eh, especially yeah, when we can live without you. Yeah, especially when it's like there's another world where the Rockies lose Antonio Sensatella, but they keep John Gray. Like that yeah. helps them tremendously. John yeah. Gray misses ten games for blisters at a time. Antonio Sensatella has pitched once in two seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, and 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 that's not you know who's he probably you know who's to say he tears his ACL while fielding a bu- you know and then has Tommy John the first game. That's just. That's black cat and a broken mirror and walking under a ladder that he did when he was a kid <laughs> or something like that, that, that ruined that. So I don't know. It, it's like, I'm building that trust, but yeah. it's the Rockies front office. I refuse. I refuse to sit and say, you have my full undying support. I was ready to give you that after you extended Nolan Arenado and said you were going to build a team around him. But no, 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 no. I ain't falling for that this time <laughs> yeah and when I, it comes I, to that draft is what i was gonna say is that's where you that's where they can build a lot of trust is you know they get even if it's not the number one but those top three that you really make it count you get yourself even a, a jackson holiday a heck a, if you find yourself a bryce harper type of that's player what i'm saying you can't ignore if your scouts, if your numbers, if your and and the and the hype around a guy is there, you get him because that guy, a Nolan Arenado. I mean, it's like you know what can happen if you draft and bring up this MVP level game changer guy. It changes the entire narrative of your franchise. Yeah, and or and position player wise or pitching wise, a guy that you know, like a Paul Skeens, who's no pretty dang close after getting drafted to immediately come and start the big leagues for the pirates or whoever. And so it's, that's going to be a, they can't waste it. 
They've didn't wasted the Rangers, first round picks before. Didn't the Rangers draft a guy and he was great in the playoffs? Wasn't there? A, didn't wasn't there like a young rookie that was just like crushing it for them or something like that? Uh, and he Evan was Carter. Yeah, I think he was, it was. He was drafted last year. There was a guy that I thought was like fresh out of the that was playing like college baseball earlier in the year and then was playing in the you know playing in the minor or playing in the World Series. I thought this year, but but. That's the thing. It's just it's it's the identity formation is now. Yeah. Can they can they actually build one? We'll just yeah. have to see. Uh, really quick. Speaking of draft picks that panned out pretty well, uh, Todd Helton. It's a uh, Hall of Fame season. We're slowly seeing votes come in. Uh, ballots being revealed over on X, formerly known as Twitter, from Ryan Thibodeau. Uh, his Hall of Fame tracker. Definitely go give him a follow and check it out. But uh, things are looking good for Todd Helton. This could be the year finally. Came just 11 votes shy last year. Um, there's a bunch of new voters every year that come in. So guys are a little bit more, maybe more inclined to vote for Todd Helton. Uh, he's getting close. I think oh. he's what, 72% last year. So it's almost like Adrian Beltre's the lock. Can Todd Helton, will Todd Helton be joining him? And I talked about this on, on my pod. There's so many great threads out there. Just go on X, search Todd Helton, and someone has a thread yeah. that's going to convince you. Now, I think the people listening to a Rockies podcast, I don't think we have to do too much convincing <laughs> of, of, of Todd Helton. But my big thing, and I talked about this on, on my show, is for the voters, and this goes for all the people last year and, and, and all this stuff, and, and, and the voters that are especially – pro steroid users in the hall as am, as am i i i i say if, if barry bonds is still one of the greatest hitters we've ever seen even yeah. he just hit the ball further because he was you know doing what he was doing but just ask yourself are steroids a bigger deal than course field if you're negating todd helton's success and any rockies player success larry walker is really the, the game's different now but if you were negating the Blake Street Bombers era of success of the Rockies due to them playing Coors Field, but you're okay with steroids and those players enjoying their benefits, you're a hypocrite. You're wrong. You're saying that Coors Field has a bigger impact on these guys than steroids. And if I checked, you don't play all your games at Coors Field, but if you were doing steroids, it was every single game that you played. Mixed in mm -hmm. with the fact that... <laughs> Todd Helton is in stat lines and has numbers that only like eight people have, and they're all Hall of Famers or steroid users or people that are, or Mike Trout. Like those are the only uh -huh. people. So on top of all of that, I just am, I'm a guy that says this guy chose to play 17 seasons with the Rockies. Like that is also something that I think should be a factor when you're thinking about it. You might, the Rockies are a dumpster fire. They're a joke. You like to laugh at them. I get it. But this guy exemplified greatness while being a Rocky. Not mm -hmm. all the time. I know Todd Helton has problems off the field. Like, we know that. But, like, this is a guy that was a role model for generations of Colorado baseballers. I mean, you who didn't wear 17 on your teams growing up? At least one person wore 17. It was because of Todd Helton and, or 33. You know, these guys were 
big names mixed in with the fact that Todd Helton was Todd Helton is one of the greatest first baseman to ever step on the field. He was one yeah. of the best defenders. He was one of the, he might be the best doubles hitter of all time. There's the Homer really coming out of, uh, out of me. <laughs> but like, you know what the Rockies are missing? They are missing the Todd Helton at bat. They're missing the fact that the Rockies are down three Todd Helton is up and there's a runner on first and he has a 12 pitch at bat. That's been three, two for half of it because he hit yeah. five foul balls and then he plunks a double in the gap and gets a rally going. Like that's what the Rockies are. The guy was just such a professional at everything he did. Plus hidden ball trick. Come on. Yeah. That's <laughs> bonus points, man. What, and, what and, I love. Go ahead, Paul. Oh, I, I was just, just to, just to put a bow on it for myself for Todd Helton is yes. He didn't get to play in the playoffs that much, but when he did, he was an impactful player. The moment mm -hmm. was not too big for Todd Helton. Yeah. And th the cool thing is I always love seeing articles when you talk to other players or other Hall of Famers, you know, guys that you know, are intrinsically ingrained into the game. So not the writers, not the writers, you know, the East Coast writers who never even thought of Todd Helton. They just see Rockies, Coors, mm, he was awful. A-Rod, however, mm, love guys that get in canned for an entire season because of steroids but you talk to those other players coaches guys that just watched him were intrinsically intimately watching him they're like yeah he's one of the best players i've ever seen and dave roberts for the dodgers came out there's an mlb article somebody wrote about and they talked to dave roberts and he's like yeah he's one of the most like intense competitors i've ever seen on a field like a ton of hall of famers have that belief now, yes, Larry Walker, I'm pretty sure he's going to have some good things to say about Todd Helton. But anybody he played against, you no know, Chipper Jones or you no know, ton of those guys, even opposing pitchers, like, yeah, he was one of the toughest at-bats of my career because like he said he just goes out there, he's wasting pitches. Like, Charlie Blackman can kind of do that now. He's kind of taken on that role. He's a lot better plate discipline and bats, but Todd Helton would wear you out yeah. until you throw him the pitch he wanted. And then whoop, pa, hits a double or a home run. Because it was amazing how much he was able to control the zone. It was like, oh, you're going to throw it up and in. I'll somehow open up my swing and chop it off. And, and, mm -hmm. and just to kind of highlight it, a guy that did everything he did during the steroid era while staying clean. Yeah. No, no, you know, and, and, and that stuff matters. Like that era of baseball has that looming steroid. Your favorite player has that cloud looming over him for some people. But Rockies fans can sit there and say that Todd Helton went up against the guys that were juicing and wore them out, you know, and that's a Hall of Famer. And and one thing, though, one thing of note that I think with the Rockies, when they eventually have to update Todd Helton's thing, they got to put the gold over 42, too. I, I can't remember who pointed that out as well, but they're all Hall of Famers. It's kind of weird that the 42 doesn't have the gold around it, right? And only Todd Helton. Or uh, it's, Larry Walker. It's more because it's the Rockies' personal touch for their players. Oh, okay. Whereas, like Jackie Robinson's, just forty-two across the league. Yeah. So I'm still a Hall of Famer, though. Yeah, I know, we, but I don't think that's as big of a deal as our old pal Justin Wick made. <laughs> it's a good point, though. Like, it's good to point that out. And some to consider, but I think it's a Rocky-specific thing to celebrate their guys that played for them and were Hall of Famers in their Rockies career. Well, it's the only one thing that they do to recognize their players in their history, so it's the one. Yeah. 
when are they going to change that when do we get a a rocky at least a corner of the park dedicated actually there was supposed to be something at the mcgregor square they're like yeah we'll have a hall of fame over there like a rocky's museum nothing like give us a rocky's hall of fame to induct these guys like another guy we we're going to bring up a uh, matt holiday hall of famer uh, he has a case like there's arguments to be made he deserves to stay on not. the ballot yeah but he probably doesn't make it in but you know where he should be a rockies hall of fame oh charlie blackman not going to be a hall of famer but rockies hall of fame oh, carlos gonzalez a lot of those guys oh, matt holiday's in the cardinals hall of fame their team yeah. hall of fame like why don't the rockies have one hand out purple jackets you get a lot oh, of those oh i like where you're celebrating jackets celebrate the history of the team and the players that came before and this is something that always a whole another conversation we can have another time about the rockies i think matt holiday's got a strong case though i'm, I'm looking yeah. i'm looking at the career numbers he's an all-star Seven, he's a seven-time all-star. He's a World Series champion. He's got a silver slugger, four silver sluggers. He's a NLCS MVP, does have a batting title. I mean, MVP runner-up. 4.5 career war, 316 home runs, 299 batting average, drove in uh, 12, uh, 1,220, uh, stole 108 bases, an OBP of 379, slugging 510, an OPS of 889. I guess when it stretches out, it starts thinning, but there's a case there. There's yeah, he's someone that deserves to to continue the conversation where it's like Charlie Blackman, I feel like might be one of those people that gets gets on the ballot once and 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 that's yeah. about it. Yeah, it's the people that are voting for Chase Utley or you know Jimmy Rollins, like yeah, they had good careers, but it's also kind of in the same era, they're in the same kind of realm as Matt Holiday. In terms of production, he was just because it wasn't very good on defense. If he had just been a DH his whole career or been like a first baseman or something, perfect, mm -hmm. you know, fine living. He'd probably just consistent, led some Cardinals teams. He deserves a little bit more consideration. Yeah, and those and those All Stars were spread out a little bit too. We had three straight All Stars with the Rockies from 06 to 08, and um. Doesn't make it in, in 09, but then does three in a row and then is able to make another one in 2015. So he basically was an all-star from 06 to 2012, almost six. He was an all-star five of those six seasons there uh, and then goes on to get one more. And and I know all-star is something, especially when you're a Cardinal and you get a little bit of more influence from uh, yeah. other people. Uh, but uh, the, the numbers don't lie and, and, and certainly was someone that uh, still had pop uh, pop in his bat um, and was a Yankee for a year. Completely forgot about that uh, mm -hmm. as well. But um, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't think, but I, I think you totally nail it. It's the, the Rockies have enough history now to, to start recognizing and, and people would love that. I mean, I finally saw McGregor square in person for the first time. I, I, I got back to course for the first time in years this year. Um, and I was, one i was like man this would be cooler if the team was better <laughs> but uh i was like there is a lot of room like you you can definitely do some cool stuff in there rockies related that would really add yeah. to the area around the, the ballpark which would be which would be really really cool because yeah i mean you could get i mean you could do something about the slide in the home you got rocktober i mean ubaldo Jimenez is uh, no hitter you got just i mean i, I just and, and, and 
the, the story of Rocktober is so undertold, man. Like, just because they didn't, and I know that they got swept, but to do what they did, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the greatest man. runs in baseball history. Yeah, literally, just to make it to the playoffs. Like, and if the freaking Red Sox actually just like could not go down early in series, you know, if and, Cleveland could have finished yeah. a job. Yeah. And, you know, so it's just like, there's all sorts of things, but, but, but in my eyes, there's, there's history to be, to be celebrated there. Yeah. And Hey, the Arizona Diamondbacks, a younger team are putting in a hall of fame. Next the Diamondbacks year. are putting the Rockies to shame right now, man. I tell you that. Also the Tampa Bay Rays also have their hall of fame set up now. So come on. Just another thing to be like, yeah, Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it's a good that he's at least on the ballot. I'd love to see Holiday get some votes, at least to stick around. Uh, but yeah, Todd Helton, eleven votes shy last year. I think he makes it. We'll be we'll be sitting pretty come January, and we can all yep. celebrate and cry and party together <laughs> i mean it'll feel good he i can tell you he's not gonna be wearing a uh spongebob uh yeah <laughs> collared shirt <laughs> probably gonna his, be like uh for his a uh for his induction yeah a pretty big drastic uh difference in personality between the rockies two first inductees to the hall of fame yeah like you got just wackadoodle canadian larry walker and then just dry wit Todd Helton is just kind of yeah, dry. Yeah, just, just Tennessee, Tennessee. That dry car. cowboy humor. <laughs> oh, goodness. But it just pops up and it's Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll most likely be wearing a Tennessee Volunteers shirt. That would be my guess. Or maybe he'll be wearing a Rockies polo. No, you don't think so? Maybe he'll have a framed photo of the horse. <laughs> That he got from the, <laughs> the dead horse. Oh, jeez. Rockies just mail him another horse after making the whole thing. <laughs> oh, God. Here you go. At least, at least uh, the Rockies won't be complete. You know, Larry Walker waits all that time. And then who does he go into the Hall of Fame with? Oh, just one of the most famous baseball players of all time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who does Todd Hilton go going with? to the Hall of Fame, but this guy. <laughs> yeah, Todd Hilton's going in. Oh, and here's. Adrian Beltre, one of the most charismatic third basemen in baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's gonna have a whole bunch more more to say. Todd Smith, thank you. Uh appreciate my family, Rockies yeah. organization. Baseball's yeah, fun. Now <laughs> we're playing in course field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll go ahead and take one last quick break here, and then we'll come back. Uh we'll play just a little bit of start bench cut. I've got a couple of little scenarios here to try out. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here for the conclusion. Of affected by altitude. Welcome back here on affected by altitude. Final segment here: the exciting conclusion. Bum, bum. Bum, bum, ba, da, ba. <laughs> <laughs> Turns into Law and Order. But start bench cut. Uh, folks have never heard of this. Get a scenario. There's like three guys, and you have to choose to start one. Bench one and cut one. Uh, I'm sure there are other versions of this game that uh, people have played dealing with uh, certain people and relationships, but we're doing this baseball style. So I just a couple of little scenarios here for you, Paul, of players. I just kind of 
tried to spearhead some ones. Uh, some of these might have been a little tougher or more random, but here's three second basemen that I had found for the Rockies. Marco Scudero, Mark Ellis, and Harold Castro. Woof. <laughs> wow. Um. Oh, boy. Marco Scudero. Yeah, Mark Scudero, most notably with the starting second baseman in 2012, That's was eventually right. traded to the Giants and was a key factor on their way to a World Series. Mark That's Ellis right. played 2013 or 2014. All right. Uh, so it's 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 start bench cut, right? Yes. I think I'm going to start Scudero. I'm going to bench Ellis. I'm going to cut Harold Castro. I, <laughs> I hitting Harold. Yeah. <laughs> Hidden hair, uh, that's just too fresh in my mind of just yeah. like how many times I watched Harold Castro play second base this year. And I was like, why am I watching yeah. this? That's, I don't know if I feel it as, I feel like I could, you could mix that up, but I feel like Marco Scudero showing what he was cap capable of doing after he left the Rockies showed that if the Rockies stuck with him, maybe he could have been, you know, great for them. Yeah. <laughs> but so that's going to be my pick. Yeah. I, I really liked Mark Ellis. Like when they, they brought him over like halfway through the season, whichever year that was. And like veteran had a pretty good little resurgence in Colorado, a solid outing, solid stint. And then he went on and played for the Dodgers for a couple of years. But yeah, I, <laughs> the Harold Castro recency bias is a, uh, yeah, it plays a big factor for us. In this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this next one. Jerks and Profar. There's probably some more recency bias. Tyler Colvin and Gabe Kapler. You know, Jerks and Profar was at least fun, was a fun guy. You know, he was a, he was a, he brought a lot of, of, of fun to the game. I will give uh -huh. him that. Gabe Kapler. I don't remember much, but he was, what was that? Oh, two, oh, three. Yeah. And uh looks like he didn't do much for the Rockies. <laughs> uh and who was the third one? Tyler Colvin. Tyler Colvin. That I that sounds more more familiar. Uh most notably came over in the trade that brought DJ LeMayhew to the Rockies. Oh man. Talk about one of my favorites, DJ LeMayhew. Uh let's see. Tyler Colvin. Wow, one good season in his entire career. Um, you know what? This is gonna be crazy. I'm going to bench Profar. I'm gonna cut Colvin, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start. No, I don't want to start. I'm gonna start. <laughs> Pro Profar was a number one pick, like has potential. So like, I I, I think I'll start him because Tyler Colvin literally had one good season, and it was with the Rockies. Mm -hmm. Added 290, pretty good, pretty good lines. 18 home runs that year at 122 hits, drove in 72. It was the best season of his career, mm -hmm. but it was a pretty big fall off after that. And it doesn't look like he didn't even stay in the league that much longer. No, but woof, was Jerickson Profar bad last year? Oh my <laughs> goodness, he was not good. He has, he's got the. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm sticking with that. That I, I'm sticking with that. Mm 
I think for me, I will. I'll cut Gabe Kapler because, yeah, like you said, he didn't do much. Yeah. I might. I'll start Colvin because I know Colvin was at least a little bit better fielder than mm-hmm. Profar in the outfield, and but Profar will head on the bench for me. You know, Profar is a good good clubhouse guy. Yeah, I'm sure. Plus, Tyler Colvin survived a broken bat to his neck. Oh yeah, you ever hear that story? Oh my he's with, God, when he was with the Cubs on third base, and then uh, pierced him in the <laughs> pierced him in the neck. Talk about <laughs> random, man. Yeah, but yeah, that 2012 season like turned out, and then uh, like everything else for a lot of people, <laughs> it just bottomed out after that. But hey, he had one good year, and that works. Uh, this next one tried to make him a little bit tougher. Ubaldo Jimenez. John Gray, Herman Marquez. Wow, this one's actually really hard. Mm-hmm. Dude, Ubaldo was so good. I mean, he was like the first Rockies pitcher, I think, that people you, you were like, wow, that guy. I love Herman Marquez, man. <laughs> And John Gray. I love all these guys. Wow, this one's a tough one. Um, uh, we get to pick the if man. Let me I, hold on. I have to compare. I have to compare at least one year because, like, <laughs> I, I'm thinking of I get the best year version of these players. So like, I get 2021 Herman, 2010 Ubaldo. And I, yeah, and I get 2010 Ubaldo, and I and I'm trying to I'm I'm looking at the numbers to see who I I I think I know like deep down I think I I know who I'm gonna go with. Ubaldo pitched 221 innings and he had a 700 winning percentage that year. Good grief! Yeah, Ubaldo I think I'm starting Ubaldo. I'm benching Armand and I'm cutting John Gray. <laughs> I think yeah, unfortunately. Because mm-hmm. because I think I think peak Herman is better than peak John Gray, but as we're seeing, maybe going forward, like John Gray might have a, the 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 longevity. Yeah. But if I'm getting if I'm getting the best versions of them, I think I'm going starting Ubaldo. I'm benching Herman, and I'm and I'm cutting John Gray as much as it breaks my heart. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Just those. Ubaldo is just so dominant because he was that yeah. fireballer. Then, whereas Herman can be the fireballer, and but it's a little bit more refined. But strikeouts, I think, are a big thing. Just getting people out, which John yep. Gray can do. He gets the solid strikeout numbers. But I lured you in with the easy ones, and then I punch yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Disconnected. There it is. <laughs> there you are. I went black, but I could still hear you. Oh, okay. That's why I didn't want to say things. I was like, I think we might still be live, so I don't know. But um, we'll edit it out. Yeah. Post, post, post. But uh, Nolan Arnato, Troy Tulowitzki, Carlos Gonzalez. Oh, this one's not fair at all. Get out of here. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Well, 
start Nolan. I think Nolan is the objectively best player of those three. And given what I know about the history of how things panned out, oh my god, I, ugh, this sucks. But I, I think I know. I I'm I'm benching Cargo and I'm cutting Tulo. Mm-hmm. Like it's unfortunate, but like if you think about it now, like in Rocky's lore, like Tulo's a legend to Rocky's fans, but like Cargo played for a while and was and and, and was definitely the face of was 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 a key vet there for for a bit in the post Tulo era, and and Nolan I think is going to go down. I mean, Nolan is the best Rockies player ever, potentially outside of Larry Walker. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and maybe Todd Helton. So I, I it's, I mean, I think Nolan's going to put up pretty better numbers and then you consider the defense and everything. So yeah, man, that one, geez, two back-to-back gut punches there. But, <laughs> but I, I think that's where I would go just because if the Rocky, you know, uh, uh, the Arenado, like Trevor story, I, I think there's a, an argument to be made that, that Trevor story might have a pretty similar legacy to Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I, and and don't get me wrong, I'm a Tulo like Tulo, you know, all timer for sure. Kind of surprised mm-hmm. the number two isn't retired in a way, but maybe that'll come later. I guess he wasn't that great with the injuries, but like that that would be if you're going baseball stuff. If I'm going a lot, it's like I can't trust Tulo to stay healthy where I can trust Arenado and and Cargo to stay healthy enough. It's, yeah, but man, would Tulo have loved to be a DH? <laughs> yeah or just to not have legs made of glass yeah <laughs> so to speak <laughs> okay one last one here uh toadsworth blue noki and goomba oh this is easy okay so <laughs> definitely starting toadsworth and benji goomba is potentially the worst player in the game i mean or one of them baby luigi is up there too but um Toadsworth, Toadsworth can pitch. Toadsworth can, he's, you know, he's a tricky bat, but he he can put it over the wall. Um, and Blue Noki's got great defense, uh, an elite defender. So, you know, you you can, it's, Noki, you know who Blue Noki, Blue Noki is Garrett Hampson, like to the <laughs> T. Like, you, you're not blown away, but you're like, oh, pretty fast. Like, track a ball down, like, and, We'll, we'll flash a little bit for you. Ultimate utility mm-hmm. player. Goomba, get him out of here. You don't, you don't need Goomba. You don't, you don't need Dude him. doesn't even have arms. Yeah. Don't know how he's holding the thing. <laughs> how does he throw a ball? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. So, But I'm glad you finished on an easy one for me. There you go. <laughs> I just tried to pick the most random. like That was a random, random group of characters. I, I will give you props characters. for that. <laughs> uh, <toads were laughs> what would what do you think base the baseball would react if somebody like somebody came up to the plate like nolan jones comes up to the plate and he's holding the same kind of bat that toadsworth has or just a stick with a little knob at the end basically yeah i don't they'd be like that guy's crazy he's not gonna make contact with anything and then belts a dinger that's the thing though it's like you you might not make contact but when you do make contact that ball is that ball is crushed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you just bounce on its head in mario sunshine oh man that's my that's my running joke with me and my brothers is we'd always say toadsworth <laughs> that's i think that's the only one that they have like a voice actor for is is that game 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Weird old man noises. And yet he gets snubbed from the Mario movie and they put some other random toad with old man voice. He's don't worry, Toadsworth will will make it. There may, you know, the the, the sequels are coming because you know <laughs> they're just the gonna sequel. make a bajillion of them now. It'll be like the search for Spock, but instead they're looking for Toadsworth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, that'll be this edition of Affected <laughs> by Altitude. And we always appreciate you tuning in with us and appreciate Paul joining us. Always a pleasure to have you. Always happy to be here. Hey, check out Locked On Rockies if you uh, need more Rockies coverage. I don't do any writing, but these guys handle all the writing over here, so I don't have to worry about it because I get to read their writing. Uh, talking Rockies baseball, Locked On Rockies YouTube channel. Help us out if you uh, if you need more Rockies talk, and uh, you're going to see Skyler on that channel real, real soon. Indeed. I may even be wearing the same shirt. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> you can find us, uh, follow us at rocky mtn rooftop over on twitter uh you can also find me at sideline underscore crowd find me writing articles over at purple as well as fans just trying to do as much writing as i can good stuff and uh and also be sure to check out any new episodes of every rocky ever always fun well, may have to get you on one of those episodes too come talk rock t- talk one of your favorite rockies with me Oh, I'm I, I happily. I have plenty of Rockies players I can gush over. Kaz Matsui. I already did that episode, but we can always add it in. <laughs> Yorvit Torialba. That would be a good one. We do need to do his episode. That would be a good one. I don't know, but I just he's one of my favorite all-time baseball names. <laughs> it's pretty good. But you can always check out those. Me doing it with my brother Dustin and try to get more guests on there. We've had Patrick Lyons on there, uh, some other guys, but good stuff but as always we appreciate you tuning in and we'll see you next time here on affected by altitude all right you remember what to do here paul well no i don't you have to give me a a reminder (laughs) farewell Farewell. (laughs) the muppets that's right (laughs) kermit the frog mr bean this has been affected by altitude a colorado rockies podcast with rocky mountain rooftop a proud affiliate of the fans first sports network Catch new episodes every Monday on wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to follow us on YouTube as well for video versions of the show.